The Friday Reporter launched in March of 2021 as a conversation with today's journalists and has expanded to include newsmakers, lawmakers, image makers, and just about anybody who's in the news or the news adjacent business. The podcast is in partnership with PR Daily and is part of the Big Wig Podcast Network. If you like the show, please hit the subscribe button to make sure you've got ready access to the latest conversation. And if you've got an idea for a great guest, don't forget to send your ideas to Lisa at FridayReporter.com. Well, thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Friday Reporter podcast. It is so fun to me to be able to have conversations not only with journalists, but also with the people that are really behind the scenes, those that you aren't necessarily reading about, aren't necessarily seeing, but are really, really making things happen. My good friend today, Brooke Lee Smith, who is a beauty creative and just a a star to so many people behind the scenes in Washington, D.C. and really all across the country. Brooke, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. So I, we've talked for so many, so many different conversations about, um, the world that you're in and the work that you do and how even just last week uh, for the debate, there was some criticism of Governor DeSantis for having some powder put on his face so he didn't have to look all that sweaty. But so much of the work you do is really to make sure that you make people look great, but you also erase distractions so people's messages can really come through. And I like to say that, especially to men who are reluctant to have makeup put on their face at all. Before we get into all of that, though, will you tell me a little bit about how you got into the work that you do today? Yeah, Um, I grew up in South Georgia, and I grew up in a family who, like my mom always looked put together. So hair, makeup was always flawless, wardrobe. Um, So it was very important to us that everything was always put together. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up in this family, and I grew up just naturally doing hair and makeup for pageants and proms homecomings, weddings. Um, And from there, I went to hair school and I worked in the, I had my own salon for a bit in Atlanta. And then I knew that I wanted to do TV and film. And it took me a little bit of time to get there, but um, I started by freelancing with CNN and then the other networks just came. um, And then I got into union for film. And so that's kind of just, that's kind of my path um, to where I am now. But I'm currently networking. I mean, I'm currently freelancing at multiple networks, doing film and TV um, series in between when I can, commercials, that sort of thing. It's, I mean, it's to me, you're so great at it and you're so fun to visit with. Even like you all, you have a rotating cast of characters that sort of come into your world and, and people, they really do. They seek you out because they know you're so great at what you do. And at some point before we get done today, I want you to tell me a little bit about the book that you're writing, because I know that you're working on something too. Um, But so much of what you do is about being in front of these, I mean, politicians are, what do they say? Washington is Hollywood for the ugly people and then the rest. But tell me, tell me if you will, a little bit about, about your process. I know women probably love to visit with you because you make them look even better than they already look. Is there a difference between the guys and the girls? Like, tell me, give me a little flavor of what that looks like when, when different people arrive. Cause you have your own sort of, it's really your office, right? You've, you're set up in a space 
at the various right. networks. You're in obviously in a wonderful network where they have you connected into all of these different places. But tell me a little bit about what that looks like. Cause you're sort of in the office and people come to you and it's not the doctor's office, but like you are going to put people back together. Right. So men are a little bit different than women in the sense that some of them are hesitant for makeup. Um, some of them, uh, they're hesitant, they're scared, they don't want people to know they're wearing makeup, that sort of thing. Some of them are fully aware that they need makeup um, and are open to it. Women, it's kind of, uh, most of the women look forward to it. Some of them even plan events on the same day, going on TV, you know, dinner parties, dinner dates, that sort of thing. So they tend to look look towards um, getting it done. And of course, uh, women's makeup's a little bit more detailed and time-consuming than a man. Sure. Um, you know, so there's, there's the lashes of it all. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, really focusing on the eyes, whereas the men, most of them just want powder. And honestly, 99% of them get under eye concealer and powder, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's such a less time consuming process than the women. Sure, sure, sure. But so necessary. And so, but yeah. you are, you, I mean, you're everywhere and I want to get into a little bit of the different avenues that you're in, but for politics, mm-hmm. you are every day you're at, you're at a different network um, mm-hmm. and you are, you're literally running your show and doing all of the things uh, to get people to look great before they go on TV. But you also do, you go to the debates, you go mm-hmm. and you do, you do a lot of that different work. Tell me a little bit about how, yeah. what your, what your week looks like as that sort of over, over time. Yeah. So, well, an example yesterday. So starting, let's say that my week started yesterday. So yesterday morning, typically Sunday mornings, I do a morning show Mm -hmm. um, at one of the networks, but yesterday I did um, a great performance that I actually watched Saturday night at the Kennedy center. So I got two people ready for their show at the Kennedy center yesterday morning. And then I ended the day at a network, um, just a four hour shift at a network in the evening. And then the rest of this week, today I'm at a network this evening Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm in a network in the afternoons. And actually this weekend I'm doing, I'm flying to Louisiana for a wedding kind of outside of the New Orleans area. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I'll do, um, you know, I'll do her wedding and then I'll come back home for that. So the, the week is a little, like that's this week. It's yeah. a little different. Last week was um, the debate at Ronald Reagan library. So I was there all week, uh-huh. you know, and then I flew back in and the next day was at a network. And then we fast forward to yesterday at the Kennedy center. Um, yeah. So every day is one or sometimes two networks a day, sometimes a private client on the same day as a network. Sure. Um, if, yeah, a few weeks ago was a, was a commercial next week is a commercial for a few days. So every day is a different day. Anybody, Anybody in particular that stands out as someone and a name that you can share that you particularly like to work with? Well, I, so I work with so many different people yeah, sure. on a daily, on a, yeah, on a daily basis. And at the networks is a little tricky um, because we have so many people. We have contributors, we have guests, we have the anchors, the hosts, the reporters. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many great people out there that I love working with. Um, and then I do TV and film too. So there's just, you know, there's actors, there's people that I've met kind of that in that arena too. Um, so I don't like, I, I, it's funny with the name, like with the name dropping, cause I'm like, is it okay to name drop when you freelance at the networks? Um, 
All I right. do. Well, I, I, won't, I won't put you on the spot because you are, like I said, <laughs> behind the scenes. You're the magic behind the yeah. show. So like also too, maybe people don't want you to share who they are. But is there a particular story, uh, anything that stands out to you that's happened in the green room that's um, something you always refer back to or share with other uh, folks like yourself that are working behind the scenes, maybe lessons learned? Mm. I mean, I, I, there are, there are funny stories with, um, particular, like with personalities, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, people, everybody's, everybody's a little bit different. And, and I, I've seen, I've seen some anchors or some hosts over the years evolve Absolutely. and change, like even, even on their, like how they treat the hair and makeup, you know, like how oh. they treat us or kind of, um, and I, I always think of there's, I always try to remember and I tell, especially people that are starting out is that however people are when they're in our chair, however they're reacting to us has nothing to do with us, right? Like it's whatever's going on behind the scenes in their lives. Yeah. That's and good hair, hair. Yeah. And hair and makeup tends to be something that people feel like they can control. So yeah. it, that it tends to come out um, in our chair a lot of times, but you know, there've been people who, you know, there's one anchor at a network who I'm, she was kind of hard on her staff or and hard on the hair and makeup room and she, or the artists in general, and I'm getting ready to blow dry her hair and I'm standing behind her and I'm not even touching her, like not even touching her. And she starts freaking out and kind of yelling, if you will, because her hair was being pulled and mm-hmm. I was literally not even touching her huh. at all. Yeah, and so there's situ there's situations like that where it's like that's a prime example of whatever's going on in her world has absolutely nothing to do with me. Yeah, but for the most part, you know, there's there's a ton of stories. I've I've had people who are going on the air, um, you know, who's like one guy, his daughter in the bathtub put a suction cup on her, like a suction toy on her dad's head. Oh no! And so he had this he had a bruise on his head for a week. So he'd come in to make up every day and it's not just putting concealer on it. Right. Like I'm trying to do it properly where I'm like neutralizing the colors and then concealing it. So it doesn't pop through during the day for him. Yeah. So there's all kinds of funny things like that, um, that happened that we're, that we're covering up or helping with that People don't see, mm-hmm. you know, on the other side of the camera, but you said something earlier about, um, distractions. Yeah. And I, I always, that's like, you know, the biggest thing for us, especially for those going on TV is to make sure there are no distractions. And just like you said, people can hear what you're saying and they're not focused on, you know, something you're a lash falling is off or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or too much gloss or too, you know, for the guys, like we talked about, or like you mentioned earlier, like the powder with, you know, being too shiny, like that's distracting, mm-hmm. especially if the shine starts to look like they're sweating. Mm-hmm. Cause then people psychologically are like, why is, why is he sweating? I see is he not speaking the truth? Like, is there something he's saying that's not honest? Right. And we've yeah. talked so much in the past about the history of makeup. And everybody refers back mm-hmm. to that JFK Nixon, uh, the contrast between the two of them. One was, you know, clean and clear and young and not sweating because mm-hmm. he'd had some makeup and had some attention uh, drawn to his appearance, whereas uh, President Nixon really was. He was sweating profusely. And that really was a distraction yeah. from the words that he was saying out loud. I yeah. know you've done a ton of research on that too, and really talked to a lot of folks. Tell me a little bit about what you've uncovered over the course of time. So it's interesting. I, I remember hearing um, kind of when I, when I first started in the makeup arena, I remember hearing about the debate so that of course I go and do my own research, but uh, over the year, 
over the years and then specifically this past year um so many things right so i've read that jfk leading up to the debate he had spent some time at the beach so he was nice and tan right mm. so he's automatically going to look more youthful um and fresh but then here and but recently i was told that he had and i can't remember off the top of my head what it's called um but that he had um a disease that called that caused him to be warmer in complexion oh is that right which i i just found that out recently yeah i had no idea um and also nixon refused to make up so at, at these debates, whether it's two people or, or 12 people in the debate stage, there are a team of makeup artists behind the scenes, right? Mm -hmm. And our sole purpose is to make them not look distracting, um, to make them feel good. Because if we make them feel like they look good, they're going to feel good. They're going to, their confidence is going to shine through on the stage, right? Yeah. And so this first debate, 1960, there was one makeup artist who was in charge um, of the makeup that day. And you know, JFK said yes, and he took her up on it. And Nixon said no, that he had it under control. And actually, Nixon was known for using his own makeup, which was a um, kind of what we would call like a pancake makeup, mm. um, kind of a thicker consistency to cover his five o'clock shadow, because apparently it would always peek through. So he said that he had it under control. Ah. Um, so he, you know, he took that into his own hands and he covered his beard area. But, but the powdering is the part that showed, right? Like, him sweating it was a distraction and, and you may have just said this but it was said that the people if you listened to the debate on the radio then you thought that nixon won but if you watched it you thought jfk won the debate ah, and that was all because of that sweat you know and that shininess yeah. so um it's interesting but then but then following that debate because i've gone down a huge rabbit hole but following that debate then nixon started taking um he did start listening and he started having more makeup done when he went on like tv shows morning shows that sort of thing he was he was making sure that he had full makeup done from there on out which was huge yeah yeah but like but that's really the moment that people point to and i know that you've also paid really close attention a lot of the different networks have different um maybe different standards or different sort of levels of what they look for yeah. in their, in their talent. And I know mm -hmm. Fox at least is one example that you had pointed to where they for sure, their lashes are always part. Will you tell me, I, I remember some of that, but I'll, I'll botch it. You tell me a little bit more about what you've uncovered in terms of the different preferences. Yeah. So one of the things that I've realized is, um, when it comes to hair and makeup and it comes to a network's brand, right? So every network has their own branding. Sure. And I always use Fox as an example because you can scroll through the TV channels and you can land on Fox without even seeing the graphics, right? There's no graphics, there's no logo, and everyone knows that they've landed on Fox, either Fox News or Fox Business. And that's because the hair, the makeup, and the wardrobe is always the same. And not identical, but it's still underneath kind of that same umbrella of their brand. Sure. And that was, yeah, that and was an I, Ailes directive, right? I mean, that was sort of his vision yeah. in terms of how he wanted that brand to look. It is. And, and actually, when I, you know, my, through my research, um, Nixon and Ailes started working together shortly after, after that debate. Oh, and right? from what I've read, yeah. And from what I've read, Ailes was a big part in telling Nixon, like, hey, you got to start taking the makeup. You've got to start taking this seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and they started working together shortly after that. And he, you know, he had his hand in making sure that he, that Nixon was more presentable. And he was seeing. Well, so from a branding perspective, with hair, makeup, and wardrobe, he understood that. Yes. Yeah. 
And it's so interesting to me because you can really tell the different personalities, the different brands and the mm-hmm. different ways that they like to portray um, their talent. And it's all, everybody looks great. It's just a little bit of mm-hmm. a different, more shine, more brilliant colors, more, a little bit of something different depending on where you are. Um, mm-hmm. But you also do some great work in in the entertainment space. And I know just recently you got done doing so, Tell me a little bit about that. What what kinds of things? Where would we see where would we see Brooklyn Smith's names in the credits? Um, the last the last production that I worked on was um, Lioness, and it's on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. It's it was filmed in Baltimore. Yeah, um, and so I I day played a little bit on that, which meant like I freelance. But then by the end of the show, I finished the show out kind of full time at the end, and that was fun. Um, Prior to that, the most recent thing was um, Tales of the Walking Dead. I, I did not do the zombies. And we had a, a team who handled the zombies alone. So we had a special effects team that they did all the zombies. I would bet, um, yeah. but that was fun, too. And and that was an anthology. So uh, it was every two weeks was a different set of cast. Mm. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, Parker Posey and... Um, uh, Terry Crews. I mean, there was just so many different people that were on there. So it, it was a lot of fun. That is super fun. Yeah. Is there, is there something you, is there advice you give to people when they're in the chair, things they can be doing, like whether it's when they get there make sure they're fresh faced, make sure that their hair is done, what kinds of things, lots of the people that I, that I talk to um, and the guests and the, not only the guests, but the audience are folks that are, staff, staff that are behind the scenes that are making sure that their bosses are ready when they arrive at the green room for whether it's hair and makeup or whatever the case may be. Um, way back when, when I worked on the Hill, my boss, I used to use my compact to make sure my boss wasn't shiny, but I don't have a cosmetology degree. I don't know what I was doing. He was the guy who also was very reluctant to have makeup. Um, Mm -hmm. but is there advice that you give to folks, especially staff that are behind the scenes that are, that are sending their bosses in, what kinds of things should they be thinking about? I think if I, I think the first thing, um, is whenever they talk with the booker, whoever's booking their bosses for these shows, um, or for these hits is to make sure that they get hair and makeup, Mm -hmm. right. To ask if it's available, to ask if they can have it, even if it's a guy. Um, because like we've said so far, multiple times is that it can be distracting. So even the shine on the guys can be distracting, but it's also extremely important that their, that their image, that their brand is consistent. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, making sure that there's hair and makeup available for them, even if it is just powder for a guy. Um, So making sure it's available. Number one, number two, making sure that they get there in time to receive those services. Right. Um, Some of us in the industry work faster than others. Some of the networks want you to have more done or require a specific look, like we've mentioned. So to make sure that they're there in time to receive those, um, because it is important. And as far as like a, a fresh face goes, a lot of times women will come in because what will happen is that bookers will say, make sure they're camera ready. Mm-hmm. And then they'll come to us for a touch up. So sometimes, sometimes women like yourself do this amazing job and then we just add to it. Right. And we just enhance what you've already done. Mm-hmm. There are times where people try to do it all themselves and we have, it takes longer because we're having to take things off and put things on. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it's um, not everybody knows how to put lashes on themselves. So some women, women will come in and the lash is like 
not so great. Or it's a lash that you've been wearing for a week that wasn't made to wear for a week. And so then we have to take that <laughs> off and tar it over. Yes. Um, so it's, if you want to, if you're told to come camera ready, I would come in with what you wear on the daily, just a, a clean, basic look that you wear daily. And then we can enhance that look. But if you're not comfortable with your daily look, then come in fresh face and we'll give you what, what we can in the time that we're given. Sure. Right. And then in terms of, because not only are you hair and makeup, your wardrobe, your image, like you're literally an image maker. What kinds of things do you think work for television, especially for, I mean, women are harder, I think. And I like to say primary colors, um, Mm -hmm. for them, but, but is there advice that you give to people when they're asking like, what should I wear? I know that a lot of the network, even the hosts will check in with you and say, what do you think about this? What does this look like to you? Um, is there something, any advice that you give to folks in terms of what they ought to wear? I mean, I think it's kind of tricky because it really depends on the person, right? Um, I think a blazer always works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah. 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 I mean, no distractions always works. No distractions. Like if like a big bright pulled something is a little bit distracting. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and also it's, you know, if you've got on a dress or a top that you're questioning, just bring a blazer as well. Cause you can always throw the blazer on top and make it less distracting if needed. Um, you know, there's all of the old, the old rules were like no patterns, um, you know, no stripes, no patterns, nothing too busy on TV because it is distracting. Um, people have pushed that a little bit. And, and so people have pushed that in hair and makeup as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like recently we've had a lot of like hairstyles that we wouldn't have seen 10 years ago on TV or, and makeup trends as well. Um, but yeah, for wardrobe, I think the blazer is always great to have. Do you think that the look has changed? Did COVID maybe change some of that where people are more willing to um, wear their hair the way they naturally would or bigger or different or like show up without a tie on? Is that, has that changed anything I, at all? You think? I don't know that it has to do with COVID as much as it has to do with women um, in particular, feeling like we can do more now. Like uh-huh. we can kind of push the envelope a little bit, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Um, I love it. Yeah. And I, yeah. And so, and, and the network still, there's still some networks that will kind of allow people to do a little bit more, but still, you know, kind of stay within that brand. Mm -hmm. And then you can see that there are some networks that there's no consistency anymore at all. And it's going to be interesting to watch like in 10 years from now where we are. Yeah. um, How that, yeah. Like how that evolves. Well, the entry of like, you know, little podcasts like mine where we're chatting on YouTube or like people are online as influencers or they're just doing their TikToks. Mm -hmm. So much of that is blending with traditional media that I feel like Mm -hmm. you're right. 10 years from now, it may be a whole new world, right? Yeah. Uh, so, and I know that you're working on the book and I know that it's a, a labor of love, but I want you to tell me a little bit about your, about your vision for it and how it's coming together. So the book is interesting because in the past couple of weeks, that's, it's changed a little bit too. Um, so the, the book is basically on the psychology of makeup and breaking that down kind of in, in all worlds, right? So politically, TV and film, um, every day. And and I do go into the history and the politics as well. And kind of what we talked about, mm-hmm. the d- debate, kind of digging into that world. Um, but it has a lot to do with the psychology behind it and what, um, you know, what impressions we're making and, and consistency or lack of consistency and branding and how that plays into all the things, whether it's TV, film, 
podcasts on YouTube. Sure. Um, you know, all it's and politics and that's it. Politics is kind of in the forefront right now because we're in this new election cycle. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. So, so the book is underway and I actually, um, Oh, some pages and I've got to send in for somebody to review, but, Good. um, so it's just, yeah, it's, it feels like it's taking forever. The one um, thing but it's all- as, as a footnote to that, the one thing I will say is that every guest I've had on the show that worked on a book, everybody's process is different. It's not linear. Some people work on it for years and years. Other people right. like you, you're working in your space and you're not in front of a computer all day long. So you have to like come home from your day and then turn on the laptop and start to work. Some of the journalists I've talked to about the books that they've created have used their own writings, the writings that they've done over the course of their career as mm-hmm. some of the, the, and that becomes the part the of the content. Mm-hmm. That's right. So everybody's yeah. process is different, but stick with it. Cause you're going to put, I can't wait to read it. Cause I know it's going to be fascinating. I know you've done a ton of research. Yeah. And I, I've recently been asked um, by a couple of publications to write articles Great. So it's, you know, it's like what you were saying with the con- people taking their content, putting in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that's going to be interesting too, because I'm going to take some of the stuff that I've found from my research and write some articles and put those out there. Good. So well, fun. let us know because the Friday Reporter also promotes lots of great work that our guests have out there. So we'll make sure we <laughs> share it with our listeners. Um, do you think, is there anything that stands out for you? Are there must haves? Is there something that you, for all the girls in the room, cause the guys powder always make sure you stop in the mm-hmm. makeup chair, ask in advance and make sure you get there. Um, is there, are there any must haves? Like is, what's your, for instance, what's your favorite mascara? I know I've asked you this before. Oh, I love Dior show. That's, that's my favorite. Okay. I feel like longevity. It does. I go through it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, but it's my favorite. I definitely notice a difference, um, in that. Um, so Dior show is a great must have. I, for women, um, one of my favorites that I kind of fell in love with during COVID, I used them before COVID, but then during COVID, because they were like, people were putting on masks and taking masks off were the, um, the makeup forever aqua liners. So they're lip liners. And so what I started doing was during COVID was using the lip liner as, you know, filling in the lip with the lip liner mm-hmm. and then doing a chapstick on top of it or a gloss on top of it. So I think to have a lip, have a go-to kind of your brand's lip on you at all times is great. Mm-hmm. I think that lip liner is great because if you can find the color you love, it's waterproof and you can put it on, you know, in the morning and then all day, just add a gloss or your lip balm. Um, Dior also... Dior happens to have two products that I two, only two products that I use and I absolutely love. The other one is a um, is the Dior um, the lip glow Dior Addict lip glow and it's like a lip balm but it's really creamy and it you know it's like a chapstick but it's like a luxurious chapstick and it's amazing to put it. on top of anything. I love it. Yeah, so I would say a lip a lip color for sure. Awesome. Um, well, I always ask because number one, I always like to share sort of tips and tricks and insider, you know, what, what are you, what are you mm-hmm. using? Cause if you're using it, then all of us should probably be using it. Mm-hmm. Um, so any other, any other advice you can give, um, as we get to the end of our 30 minute conversation, any other advice you can give to folks as they're going about their day? I mean, you obviously, your daily look is one thing and then your the way you mm-hmm. go into TV is another, but is there any mm-hmm. other advice you give p- folks about? really just about anything in terms of like making your look work for you. Mm, any advice? 
Um, I would say find what, find what you love, right? Like accentuate whatever that is that you love about yourself. So find, find that favorite hairstyle or, or makeup look and then be consistent with it. I love that. And I think that's so good. Um, so last week I had uh, a guest on who is my friend. I've like this, as we get back into the fall and we get back to, into putting on our big girl clothes and going out into the world, big boy mm-hmm. clothes too, um, but getting ourselves out into the world. Like I had a, a friend mm-hmm. on last week who was a stylist and she gave us some good tips mm-hmm. and tricks. And that is also consistent with what she, she said too, is like, be yourself, be authentic and be consistent mm-hmm. about it, but have fun too. So like mm-hmm. to your point about people like being more willing to try different things on TV, um, but also to make sure that, that you're preparing in advance, like make sure you ask before you walk in, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing that I always say to folks is they are booking when they're booking themselves or their bosses on TV is make sure you ask those kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. And it's really good to ask that there's TV, um, excuse me, makeup and hair yeah. available. Cause that's something that's should be on offer and makes them look great. Yeah. Yeah. I did really quick. I did a, um, uh, an interview for a magazine that was released a few weeks ago and I was having a conversation with the woman who was being interviewed and I, she was talking about how some of the networks don't, she has to do her makeup and hair a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, you should be asking for it, you know, because people, they want your interview or, or for, um, you know, they want your boss's interview. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so just, just ask for it. Cause it makes a huge difference yeah. and it doesn't hurt to ask. But I also love what you said about how giving you confidence, right? It's just one, mm-hmm. one less thing to have to worry about. Worry specifically about the words you're going to say less about the way you look. Cause you know, you look great. It's, it is one less thing. And I, I, whenever people are in my chair, I always tell them, like, if there's anything you want me to tweak, if there's anything you love or you don't love, let me know. Because I don't get to wear it and mm-hmm. you do. And if you don't love it, it's going to show yep. because you're going to be messed. If you, if your hair is bothering you, you're going to mess with your hair the whole time, mm-hmm. you know, or, or some gesture with your face. If you don't love your makeup, that's it's going right. to show. So that's right. One yeah. last thing to have to worry about. I love that mm-hmm. so much. BrookeLeeSmith.com is where you can find this superstar friend of mine who does amazing things. She can't even tell you all the secrets she knows because she works with so many <laughs> cool and fun celebrities. But look out for her. I am dying to see the show Lioness anyway because everyone is screaming and saying it's so great. So now I'm going to look for not only the content in the show, but I'm going to look for your name in the credits, my friend. Thank you, Thank Brooke. you, Lisa. Thank, Thank you, you for so having much. me. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Well, there you have it. Another episode of the Friday Reporter Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. I love having this show. I love you to be part of it. Thanks again. Thanks to PR Daily for being a partner. And thanks to the folks at Big Wig Podcast for letting us be part of their network. See you soon.